clothes, we talk about them online, we spend time in them, they're, rever- they're, they're sacred to us and we honor them with reverence. Should God's name not be the same? Higher than that, even. There is a Jewish practice of not saying God's name at all. Instead, they say things like praise His name in reference to God or blessed be our Father. They don't want to use God's name in a way that can even come close to being disrespectful because of the third commandment, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7, so they avoid it altogether. While we disagree with the Jewish people on many things, this high standard of respecting God's name can be appreciated. Now, Scripture throughout tells us that we are to praise the name of God and do those sorts of things. But their reverence here cannot go unnoticed. God's name, our Heavenly Father, our Creator's name, should be respected beyond our daily preferences of what to drive and who to pull for in the SEC. For He is more than that. And do we respect him as such? Or do we just use his name as flippantly as we would any expression? For many people today use it to express shock or amazement at the silliest of things. Maybe something on television, something they hear about that shocks them, and they will say, oh my, they'll say it here. They might even say it because of how cute a puppy is online. How silly. This is irreverent, disrespectful, and exceedingly sinful based on the teachings of the New Testament. Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 1 says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. How does one exalt the Lord our God? By using his name in daily expression. By using it however they want to, haphazardly we might say. I will give thanks to your name. Why? For you have worked wonders. That's why we should respect the name of God and honor it and cherish it and guard it and be hurt when we say, when we hear his name taken in vain. Plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. He is our creator, but he has kept his promises. He has done wondrous things. He has given us many gifts with perfect faithfulness. And we should honor him. And this is just one of the ways that we do that. You do that when you come here on Sundays, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, throughout your daily life. This is how we honor him. But one of the ways, a very wonderful way that we can honor him is not, is by not taking his name in vain. For it is to be respected. It has been said in an article that I read once a while back, that our children are growing up in a culture of disrespect. This has a great deal to do with the responsibility of the adults and what sort of atmosphere they have raised them in. Because as children are disrespectful and grow up to be disrespectful teens and adults and so on, it's because of the raising they received long ago. And so one of the ways they are disrespectful is by not honoring God's name as it should. Children are taught that the flat screen TV is important, aren't they? 
children and teens are taught that UT football is worth hours of our time, no matter how the season is going. They're taught that with reverence. They're even taught that the living room should not have food in it because you just had the carpets cleaned. Should God's name not be hallowed in more than the same way? Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, as we often refer to it as, He tells His disciples, in this manner, therefore pray. So when you pray, Christians, when you pray disciples, you pray this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, the first thing that we say is that we are giving respect to our Heavenly Father. So that's what Jesus did in this, the model prayer. That is why in our prayer, whenever we open one up publicly, yea, even privately, we honor God with our very first utterance. If you were to be at a guest at someone's house, you don't just barge in, do you? But rather you knock, or you send a text, or you call them, and you make plans. You're very honorable in how you address their home whenever you go there. God, our prayer and our address to Him is much the same thing. That as we pray to Him, we want to open our prayer in a reverent way. We don't say, hey God, how you doing? It's me again. Not that. Not very respectful. But rather our words should reflect to some degree how Jesus opens the model, model prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And here the Greek word hagiazo, which means to set apart from common use. There should be certain things in this world that are considered sacred. And we should treat them like they are sacred, because they are, such as God's name, such as our, our Savior's name, Jesus. References to the Holy Spirit. Their names should be set apart from common use, because they are beyond the common, because they are divine. And we should treat their names like that. It may surprise you to know that profanity is more common, some believe, in so-called Christian America than in heathen countries. For you see, idolaters often have greater reverence for their false gods than some persons do for the true and living God. You see, you would not find a Hindu speaking poorly of his God. God with a little g. Yet those of us today will speak very flippantly, like very casually of God, as though we are running His name through the dirt. We must not do that, but rather we must treat His name with respect. For our words mean so much. There are, of course, many other words that aren't going to be on the screen, by the way. But there are many other words that we should not be saying. Because people find them offensive. There are certain words that, that arouse certain behaviors, certain, certain reactions from people, and they're, they're offensive. And certain words just should not be used. The New Testament forbids the use of profanity. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, as we said a moment ago, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Are the offensive words you use, that you utter on a regular basis, are they wholesome? Are they good? Do they bring about edification, 
course not. Otherwise, they wouldn't be offensive. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Paul told the Colossians, you need to stop doing these things. Of course, these are actions, but they're also made up a great deal of the words that we use, particularly slander and abusive speech. Those are things that we say. Those should be taken away from us. We should not be speaking in that way anymore. But, you know, where do these words come from? Sarcasm is extremely hurtful sometimes. Sometimes it can be used in a fun, playful manner, I will admit. But quite often it can be used to hurt someone. We shouldn't do that. Contempt is hurtful. Whenever I speak to couples and I listen to them talk to one another, I, I, I call them on it. I say, that's contempt. You are speaking down to your spouse. You're speaking down to the person you are supposed to be loving, calling them names, insulting their intelligence. You've got to quit it. That's as easy as that. You've got to quit speaking with contempt. And, of course, gossiping can fall into any number of these things, such as anger or wrath, as we gossip to hurt someone else. The words that we use, though, have to come from some place. And these words, they come from our own experiences, from the lives that we've lived, from the people that we are around. The words and thoughts you have come from what you watch and listen to and the people that you are with on a regular basis. Well, what happens there? It's addressed here in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. You want to be good? you got to have good things in your heart. For from there, that's where the good will come. And the evil man, it says, out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Do these words that we've talked about bother you, that we're referencing? Do they bother you at all? For we should want the richness of Christ in our hearts. You know, scripture teaches about you know, storing up treasures in heaven. This reference talks about the treasure of our heart. What are you putting into it? That's probably your words are showing what's already there. The words that you have, the words that you speak, that is showing what sort of treasures are in your heart. And according to this passage, it's either good or it is evil. These words should bother us. And maybe there are some here this morning that need to try to tame that tongue, as Brother James says. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If we are to have the good treasure in our heart, wanting to speak good, wanting to be that good person, then this should be where we are thinking. If you're thinking, well, I'm going to say what I want to say, or I'm going to talk like this person does, or like, or like this person does that I, from the music that I listen to, I'm going to talk like those people, then you're not saying this verse. This here is not a desire of yours. But the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Because you see, those two go hand in hand with one another. What is coming out of your mouth is because you have, you have thought about, you have meditated on something. 
And that's from the, from the previous verse, right? That good treasure or that evil treasure. You're meditating on it one way or another. And here the psalmist says, Lords, I want my mouth and I want the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. So the question is, how are your words acceptable in the sight of God? Are they acceptable? If you're using profanity, if you're not speaking of God reverently, then this isn't your pastor. You're in the, you're in the second part of the other one where there's evil treasures in your heart and you're speaking forth evil. And look at Psalm chapter 19, the, the last part of that verse. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's the reverence that we're talking about here. Not saying something uncaringly, not just passing it off as another moment, but rather a moment in prayer with our Savior and with our Creator. Lord, help me to be more like you, for you are my rock and my redeemer. Psalm chapter 17 and verse 10. The wicked have closed their unfeeling heart, and with their mouth they speak proudly. A lot of these words, a lot of these issues regarding reference, don't bother people. And I think the psalmist here in chapter 17 would say that they have an unfeeling heart. For if you're not feeling pain over irreverence, if you're not feeling pain over profanity, what are you feeling? You're feeling those things that make Satan proud. You're feeling those things that aren't meditating on the word of Christ. You're feeling those things that pull you away from God and that pull you towards Satan and the evil in this world. For the wicked, they speak with their mouth proudly. We mustn't be that way. But rather, we must speak in honor and reverence of our God. And as we speak, not of God, but just of daily things, of daily occurrences, we must abstain from profanity and look at those that we see around us and, and want to edify them, want to show them the grace of God so that our speech can be seen as the Christian tool that it is because really that's what your speech is it is a tool someone will see you how you act and that, that's marvelous but really there's finally one thing that they'll see from you and it is what they hear that comes out of your mouth and that either shows edification or it tears someone down and you can fall into the passage of Psalm chapter 17 and verse 10 by speaking proudly I'll say what I want to say no, God wants your heart to be a certain way. He wants it to be pure. He wants it to be holy so that what comes out of your mouth isn't wicked, but is rather good for edification. So we've got to think about what we say. We've got to think about the words that are in our heart, that are stored up there, about what we're thinking about, and make sure that it is honorable to God. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36 says this, For every idle word that men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Our words can't be idle. Our words must be purposeful. Our words must be such that whenever someone hears it, they think, wow, that, that's somebody that I want to be like. That's somebody who is definitely showing the love of Christ. So we've got to think about our words. They can't just be idle, like a vehicle sitting there, wasting gas, 
wasting time. It can't be idle. Our words can't. Our words must be well thought out so that we can reach people with the gospel, so that we can reach people with love, so that we communicate to those around us, hey, I love you and I think that you're something special. And I want to live closer to you somehow. I want, I want us all to live closer to God. So don't have those idle words. Don't have those idle words because when they are idle, when you're not thinking about what you're saying, what can you potentially do? Tear people down. Because sometimes what do we say? We say the first thing that comes to mind. When somebody who's not watching their idle words, when someone is speaking proudly, when they're not thinking about their reverence to God and they address you, it's very easy to speak in much the same way because they're not thinking of their words. Well, God has called us to a, higher, to a higher place, to a higher plane, to not speak idle, but to think about the words that come out. And when after you speak that sentence, after you say that word, what have you done? Have you torn somebody down because our words aren't wrapped up in simply cursing or swearing. But as I mentioned a moment ago, quite often our words speak of contempt. They speak of people in a way that is not upbuilding, that is not edifying. So we have to think about all that we say, not just certain words, but what are you conveying to someone? Are you conveying love? Or are you conveying that they're not really worth your time? I hope you're not doing that. All of us at one time have spoken in ways that we know we shouldn't. And if you are a Christian, you are a new person who does not need to speak in old ways, who does not need to speak in ways that look like the rest of the world. You're a Christian. You're a new person. You should speak like it. You should sound like it. But if you've left that, if you're doing something different nowadays, if your speech is idle, if your speech isn't emblematic of our Lord and Savior, if you're speaking in ways that you would not were he to be sitting right here, if you're doing that on a regular basis, come forward and repent of that. Or if you're not a Christian and you're saying things all the time and you know you need to give that up, you know you do, you know you've got to give up that old way of life. I hope that you'll come forward this morning and let us baptize you so that you are added to the body of Christ as Scripture teaches us in Acts chapter 2 and Mark chapter 16. Do what the Bible says. Watch your speech. Watch your language. Watch your reverence towards our God. Watch your actions and make a change this morning. Come forward now and let us help you as we stand and sing. Jesus is calling
closing song this morning is number 990. You are the song that I sing.